Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the Believe in the Jets podcast. I am your host, Andrew Golden of Jets X Factor. As always, I got my co-host, Lamont Jordan, former New York Jet running back with me. Lamont, we got a really interesting game to talk about. Uh, Jets are going against the Dolphins for the second time this season, coming off a disappointing 30-9 to loss to the New Orleans Saints. And normally, expecting the Dolphins being a team coming off a bye, you would expect them to be pretty healthy. But they are dealing with some major COVID issues right now. And that has got them looking uh, pretty suspect for this coming week. Just go through, I'll go through the list of the players that are out with COVID now, including today's news, including Jalen Waddell. Uh, so Jalen Waddell, Philip Lindsay, Miles Gaskin, and Salvid Ahmed, their running back, as well as safety Javon Holland. And as I already said, Jalen Waddell, those are five major players that they're going to be without. You're going to have uh, Dolphins and their offense specifically severely hurt with pretty much their entire running running back room and their top receiver out, uh, this could really impact the game. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely does. Um, you know, this, this news, as far as who's coming, you know, who's out now for the dolphins, it just, it just changed everything for me. You know, we were talking about this before and, you know, this really, really makes this game, this game interesting. Um, you know, having all three of your running backs out, that's critical, especially when yeah. you're talking about from a pass protection standpoint. So yes. automatically I'm coming into this game thinking that from a pass protection standpoint, Miami is going to be really basic. Yes, they bring a guy up from the practice squad. He should be up to date on his pass protection stuff. But once again, it's a guy you're bringing up from the practice squad. Um, you know, Waddle being out, that's huge, man. Yeah. You know, that's huge anytime, you know, one of your two guys that you're comfortable with. And I think with Tua, it's Waddle and Kaseki. Um, and then Holland, the safety bin now, you know, that's critical, especially with with the, the the things that Miami, you know, what Miami does defensively, you know, that safety position is a critical position. So definitely um, this is going to be an interesting take, man. You know, this is this is this kind of changes a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, it really does. You know, I at first I was looking at this matchup, especially with the way the Jets just performed against New Orleans, and I was not very confident. You know, the spread was nine and a half uh, for Miami. They are home favorites, as you would expect. And even though the Jets historically, at least recently, have played pretty well in Miami. So it, it's weird. Every now and again, especially when they play Miami in Miami late in the season, it seems like they have one of their random good games. So maybe mm -hmm. that'll be what happens this week. But before all, uh, all of this COVID news came out, you know, I really was worried about this game. Now I think it's winnable but a lot of things got to go right. And I think we should get right into that with what has to go right. And we'll start right off with the offense. I'll, I'll go right into it. Zach Wilson's got to be better. Flat out. I, I mean, there's no other thing I'm going to say. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. He followed up a great performance against the Eagles with one of his worst performances against uh, the New Orleans Saints. And mm -hmm. he didn't, as far as I remember, he didn't throw any interceptions, which might have been his first start without throwing an interception this year, which is good in general, but he had some that I thought were dropped. He had some easy misses, uh, especially short and underneath, as we've seen before. And even when he was on, it didn't last. You know, this was an ugly performance. It was not ideal for, for any, anybody, you know, Ty Johnson had some drops again, 
uh, on third down that were that were killer to open the game. And I understand that, you know, that kind of made it hard for Zach Wilson to get into a rhythm, but he is a rhythm quarterback to a fault right now. And that if he cannot get going early, it seems like it is very tough for him to rebound. And we've seen the Jets play better overall in the second half of games and Zach Wilson play better as games went on earlier in the season. But we're not seeing that as much since he's been coming back from injury. What we've seen in the three games that he's been back is that if he's down to start, he's going to be down for most of the game. And if he's Mm -hmm. on to start, he's going to be on for the game. It's really important that Zach Wilson can start hot. I don't want to just say the Jets offense and is, you know, obviously playmakers got to do what they can to help him out and getting guys like Michael Carter back this week and Tevin Coleman and Trevon Wesco and Tyler Croft are going to be huge, but you're still without Elijah Moore. And we saw what Elijah Moore did to this secondary last time. So when you don't have that guy, it's going to be big. Uh, For me, quite honestly, the number one thing that I can say is Zach Wilson, calm down, take what's there. Trust that Michael floor is going to get you into the right play call against this defense. You already saw Flacco execute against it and go back and study that tape. See what Joe Flacco was able to do. Learn from his veteran experience. He's going to be the backup this week, more than likely with Mike White still out uh, with an illness. Uh, It's not COVID anymore, according to what Robert Zoll was saying, but Joe Flacco is going to be the backup. Learn from him. Pick his brain. Do everything you can this week to learn how to handle this defense. Relax. Trust your process. Keep your mechanics clean and hope that your playmakers can do the rest because otherwise I think this could be ugly. Yeah. I, um, you hit on Zach Wilson. That was my second point. Um, but it kind of, my first point, your first point and my second point, they all kind of flow together. My first point was go under center, put the quarterback under center too many times. I mean, you know, I think we spend too much time in shotgun and when you're defending I've always felt this as a running back. When mm-hmm. you put me behind the quarterback from under center, right. all right, that gives me lanes. That gives me an opportunity to set up yeah. the linebackers. That gives me an opportunity to kind of pick and choose and let my let how I approach the line of scrimmage have an effect on the defense. Right. When you line up and you're constantly running the ball from the offset position, when the back comes in to get the ball, this backside backer is able to hang a little bit yeah. longer. All right, which is eliminating some of those cutback lanes, or it's the situation where you're coming here as a back to take the ball, and now you're just looking to get to the outside. So my first point is go from under center. I really think that if you go from under center, that is going to open up your play action game. Doing play action from shotgun, you're doing your basic read option, and now you're looking and doing all that. Like I mean, that's the college stuff. Yeah. All right, I think that works if you have Lamar at quarterback because you have to yeah. worry about his legs. But I really think that my for my first point, I really want to see Zach Wilson or whoever is that quarterback. But let's you know Zach Wilson, put him under center. I think that opens things up for your offense. I think it creates better rush lanes. Um, I mean, better run lanes for the running backs. And I think that that sets a mentality for the offensive line of power football because right now, and we've talked about this for weeks, there is nothing about the offense that says power with the exception of Tevin Coleman. And I think that by putting the quarterback under center, it opens you up for more downhill powers. It allows you to get double teams going. It just gives you more opportunities to run the ball. And that leads into my second point is Zach Wilson has to throw the ball. Yeah. Just throw the ball. 
he's either late to guys who were open um, or he just doesn't throw the ball. It, there, it was one play in particular. They ran a bootleg. They ran to the right, booting to the right. Um, um, I, I can't remember which wide receiver it was, but he ran a comeback. Zach Wilson just didn't throw the ball. The comeback was open. What I'm yeah. seeing is a quarterback that if the guy isn't wide open, he's not he's not throwing the ball. We need yeah. him to make these tight throws to a comeback to a guy that's open, but now you have to be on time. So my first two points is put him under center. I think by going under center, um, I, I think by going under center, you just open up more options for the run game. It's going to help him out. And I think the play action and fake from under center will allow him to get into a better groove um, just looking downfield, throwing the ball, and with his footwork. Because when he lines up from shotgun, I'm seeing too many times where he's taking a snap, he's taking his drop, but he's still vacating backwards. No. Put the guy on the center, allow his movement, allow the play calling to manipulate the defense, get the linebackers coming up harder. Because right now, it's a lot easier to... to I've always felt that for a defender, it's easier to tell if if you're going from shotgun, whether you're running the ball or not, than going from under center, especially if the offensive line fires off the ball. So for me, go under center, it creates a new look for for the Dolphins defense. And then Zach Wilson, he has to throw the ball. Right now, yes, I understand he's a rookie, but it's time for him to step up and play big boy ball. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm 100% right there with you. And you you hinted at it right there towards the end, and I want to expand on it it's going to help his footwork because when he is in the shotgun right now, and he is trying to do the quick game and, and the catch and throw and not one on even into the three-step drop, the one and a half step hitch and turn, he just, his feet get all messed up and he's taken so long to wait to see guys get open because he's trying to be so extra hesitant. He mm-hmm. was so too, I'm just going to rifle it in earlier in the year. It's there. I got it fire or just recklessly, you know, it's going to be open. This is my read turn. I know the coverage. Now it's the other way. And he's mm-hmm. overcorrected to being too hesitant to where he's waiting to see everything be perfectly wide open. So he knows he's not going to throw a pick before he throws the ball. And then that ends up being late and it throws off his timing. It throws off his footwork and, and everything else. When you are under center like that, and you're hundred percent, right. It does help with your run game because you can get easier angles when you are a running team from the shotgun and you have your running back, like you said, offset to the quarterback. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can run some counters the other direction, but most of the time the run is going to flow in the direction opposite of the running back. So Mm -hmm. if the running back is on the right of the quarterback, the run is more than likely going to go to the left opposite. If the running back is on the left of the quarterback, because that's just the way the handoff flows you have to come to a complete stop and shift your way to the other direction running a counter or something like that from shotgun and not that players don't stop and start running counters under center but it's a little easier like you're saying to flow and set up the linebackers because you can slither from a straight line direction get pressed to where you can get your hole and then reset your hips put your foot in the ground and bounce the other way it's a lot harder to do that when you're doing it from shotgun and you're already coming from the other side Yes, But for Wilson specifically, he was really, really good with his footwork and his mechanics when he would do play action under center concepts at BYU. And those have been some of his best throws the last handful of weeks have Mm -hmm. been when they go under center and they get into like a three by one from under center and they call the play action deep into Elijah Moore. 
Wilson's mechanics look great. Ball comes out on time. He sees it. It's open. He hits it. And it's a great pass. I, I really, really like the, the under center idea. And also because when you are a shotgun team, and, and I think you would agree with this specifically, it's a lot easier to get blitzed. It's a lot easier to have a team like the dolphins that runs a lot of zero that can sit there and pick their coverage and you got to have to have your back in protection and they're going to be able to isolate the back to one side. When you're under center, you can slide your line differently. You don't have to have your back coming from one side or the other way. I just think, yeah, I'm with you. I really think that being under center would really, really help the offense. Now from, from the, from the point of the blitzing going under center, I think poses more of a problem because you can walk the backers up into the A gaps and then it forces you to get your linemen on the linebackers, which will leave her back in protection, possibly picking up a D tackle or having to pick up a D in. And then it forces you to get a little more predictable with your, with your, um, with your, with your protections um, versus teams that are going to blitz. I prefer as a running back to be offset because it opens so many, it just opens up a lot of routes. If you're blitzing and I true. And I line up in the backfield. I really only have one route. I'm running a swing route. That's it. Or maybe I can come up and bluff like I'm blocking and then run a quick angle route. But if teams are going to blitz, you prefer to have the running back on the offset position. But you can also help out. And this is why I like the under center is with your play action fake. Because even with the play action fake, you can pull guards, looks like power, and yeah. and you can still pick it up. If they blitz, the running back abandons the play action fake, goes and pick up the safety if he's coming, and you have everything that you need. So from, from the standpoint of, of whether you're in shotgun or under center, under center is definitely a lot tougher to pick up because of what the defense does. Um, but I still think that you line up under center, you have to give Miami a different look. You can't keep linemen coming out and shotgun every time running these college style plays. And yes, there are times the guys are open. And to my next point, and, and yes, and yes, we're we're being critical on Zach Wilson, but the offensive line has to play better. They absolutely have to play better. But another thing that can help Zach Wilson out is these wide receivers have to stop falling. Every broadcast I'm hearing, I'm hearing the announcer saying, oh, this, you know, he, oh, he fell on the play. Oh, he fell on the play. When you have a quarterback who is struggling, okay, at the wide receiver position, you have to help that person out. And you cannot be out there slipping because it's going to make the quarterback hesitant. And I, I think that that's some of, some of the hesitancy that we're seeing out of Zach Wilson is that, hey, you have wide receivers who continue to fall. So right along to our point of Zach Wilson and what we have to do passing-wise these wide receivers just have to stop falling. Yeah. Yeah. That, that goes hand in hand. This isn't, wasn't my next point, but it'll be my, my two and a half point. They got to get open. They, they can't be, they can't be smothered because there were certainly times uh, against the Orleans saints when there just wasn't anyone open for Zach to throw to. And mm-hmm. th- that play is dead because of the coverage is, is smothering on them. So they got to get open, especially against man coverage, what, what the Dolphins are going to run. You got good corners the Dolphins are going to have. This is a big test for these receivers. For a lot of guys that are towards the bottom of the roster, a lot of guys like Denzel Mims, a lot of guys like Braxton Berrios, yeah, Jamison Crowder for potentially interviewing for a new team next year. This is a big game. This is, this is important tape that you're going to put out there to see when, when you are the guy, when, the, the, when you're going against the best of the best, can you win? 
And mm-hmm. so, yeah, stop falling would be, would be huge, but also get open in general. Just yeah. don't, don't wait to separate. Don't wait to to uncover. And, and I feel like Keelan Cole specifically, I like Keelan Cole, but I feel like the one thing that he just doesn't do is routinely separate. I feel like every catch he makes is in traffic. And for a guy like Zach Wilson right now, he needs to see it open. So the guys that are going to be this, it sucks that Elijah Moore isn't playing because he would be the guy that would be perfect. And he's the guy that Wilson's been beating, but yeah, these receivers got a big test. Yeah. They, and it goes back. I think I made this point either the last show or the show before where I talked about the wide receivers have to run full speed routes. Yeah. You got to run full speed routes. And I don't know if it's the play design or, or what it is, what it is, but you as a wide receiver, you have to run full speed routes. It's just that simple. And sometimes when, if you, if you routinely see that guys are covered, then at some point you have to look, and this is just me speaking as a person who coaches football and is a coordinator. If I constantly have guys covered, then that means that I have to make an adjustment within my play calling because there's no reason why every play that I call that guys aren't getting open. And so I think that that goes hand in hand, but I really think that this wide receiver core, listen, I like this wide receiver core. Like, I think that this is a wide receiver core that that can present problems for any defense. I think Berrios is a problem. I think Crowder can get the job done. We see, we've seen what Moore can do. We, we know what Mims can do. Um, and I feel like there's one other receiver that I'm forgetting about, but I feel like you have, a wide receiver core that is capable of getting open. I've watched Jameson Crowder when he was playing here with the, uh, with the Washington football team. He he's a wide receiver that can get open. So to your point, I agree with you. These guys have to get open. They have to run full speed routes. And I'm putting this on the offensive coordinator this week to come up with a, a, a scheme to come up with route, come up with a game plan that doesn't have Barrios coming around faking a bluff in the sweep and then him sitting out in the flat routes. It's sitting out just waiting for a swing route. No, let him run some read routes. Let him run some seam routes. Let him work on the slot corner and run some 10 yard, 10 yard outs because these were this wide receiver core is fully capable of doing that. So um, I'm, I'm with you on that. These wide receivers have to do a better job of separating, but I think it starts with them. You're not going to separate if you're jogging off the ball and you never make the defender feel like that you're going to threaten him deep. You're just not going to get open. Yeah, no. And so these guys have to come off the ball and they have to run full speed routes. And again, it goes back to the offensive line, giving them more protection. But I think that that's where going under center, giving a, another look, giving something that says that we're going to try to do some type of smash mouth football. And I really think that that's going to open things up for the wide receiver. See, of course, going to open things up for Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I, I definitely think so, too. Uh, my last point offensively uh, goes hand in hand with what you're saying of being under center and looking to set up your play action shots, because especially with Javon Holland out, you want to potentially look to get some deep shots when you're playing a blitz zero team. If you can get behind the corners, there's no one there. Now, getting behind guys like Xavier Howard is easier said than done. But if you can do it, you know, it's going to pay off big. And what would really help doing that is the run game. So you're getting, in my opinion, the two best running backs on the roster back this week. And that Mm -hmm. is Tevin Coleman and Michael Carter. This is the time to feed them early and often because you got to establish that run game 
to get the play actions going and, and working appropriately. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have the reason for the linebackers to cheat up to where you can get behind them. And when you have a guy like Michael Carter, that's as talented as he is not giving him the ball is a crime, not giving yeah. him the ball in as many ways as you can is a disservice to your offense. And mm-hmm. yes, he's coming back off an injury. So I don't think that we should immediately sit there and say, here's 35 touches against the Dolphins defense. Go nuts. Tevin Coleman mm-hmm. is coming back too. And he had a concussion, which is different than, you know, a, a physical knee muscle injury to where you're worried about injuring something potentially again, he's going to be clear from the protocol. He should be okay. Split their workload, use them both, use them in the passing game. We've talked about that as well. Let these guys be the engine of your offense. Let the guys like Cole or Crowder and Barrios and Cole and Mims, if he can do it, even though I'm a little, I'm a little down on him recently. Uh, mm-hmm. Let those guys be your big play guys. Let those guys be the guys that are not the, the foundation of your offense against the Dolphins on Sunday. Because if mm-hmm. those guys are the foundation of your offense on Sunday, then Zach Wilson has to be great. And what we've seen from recent time right now is it's hard to think that Zach Wilson is going to come out and be great. Yeah. So I would rather lean on the guy that I know can be great in Michael Carter and the guy that I think can be pretty good in Tevin Coleman and let them be the main focus of the offense, setting up everything else. It can't be the only thing you do. It can't just be, you know, we're going to come out and be the Patriots and throw three passes. Uh, that's you can't do that, but it's got to be the main part of your offense is getting the run game going. And, is, and and I think like we talked about doing it from under center would really help. I think you can, you can get some wide zone plays against this defense when they bring all those linebackers in, uh, you know, we talked about potentially power runs to try and back them off up the middle. There's ways to get yards against this defense running the ball. And in their last game, the giants had a couple of chunk runs too. So it's, it's something that they are known to give up. I would just hope that this can be a game where the running backs that are coming back in Carter and Coleman can really do some damage. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. My last point offensively, and I think that this goes right along into the run game. I'm counting this as offense, but it is a special team. Every opportunity I get, I want Barrios to bring it out the end zone. I think that they need to make a this week and moving forward with the remainder of this season. I really think that you have to consider your kickoff return as an option for your offense. And I think that they, I really think that they need to make that a huge focus. Listen, when I played for the jets, Mike Westoff was our run, was our uh, special teams coach. Um, you know, Chad Morton was, was our returner one year, you know, should have went to the pro bowl that year. You know, if you look at if you look during that time, our special teams, especially our kickoff return unit, were always I believe we were always in the top 10. And I'll have to check my numbers on that. I think Barrios in space is. In this game, him in space, I think that he's the most dangerous player on the field. Is giving Barrios the ball in space. And so with that said, anytime he gets an opportunity to return a kickoff, I don't care if they kick it eight yards deep. We want to bring it out, which means you have to spend more time on your special teams. But we have to look at the facts. Zach Wilson, when he starts, is horrible in the first half. And I think that defensively, I really think the defense played well enough to beat the Saints. Although there were some things that I didn't like, I'm, you know, Mosley continues to get blown off the ball and, 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 
he seems to get blown off the ball and then a touchdown gets scored. Um, but I really think that this defense last week played well enough. I think the defensive line, I really like what I saw out of the defensive line last this, this past week. Yes, New Orleans was able to run the ball. I feel like they were able to run the ball down their throat, um, which which Alvin Kamar, I said it last yeah. week, that for me, Alvin Kamar, is that, that's going to be the reason that the Saints win. Um, and he was. Yeah, and he was. And so getting Berrios, every opportunity you get to give him the ball in space, I think that you have to find a way to get him in space. And, and you know, I think that that leads us right into the defense, um, which for me, my first point, I kind of brought it up. The defensive line um, has to get pressure and contain on, on tour. I think it's that simple. I, I really think that, that if the Jets going to have a chance to win this game, it's going to be because the defensive line was dominant. I put it this way: I really feel like the defensive line dominated last week. I really do. I don't. I didn't see. I can't remember too many times where Hill dropped back and he passed the ball, and it was just clean pockets and things of that nature. I saw a lot of checkdowns. I saw a lot of pressure throws, things of that nature. So I want to take my hat off to the defensive line for the job that they did passing wise last week. And they have to do that again this week. And so that's my first point defensively as a defensive line. They have to not only get pressure on, but you have to get pressure on and contain to it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. hundred uh, percent. I want to add into what you said about uh, Barrios real quick. He is number one in kickoff return average uh, this season for all returners and number two in punt returns. Mm. But that's the numbers back it up. You know, he is, he is as explosive as advertised. And I agree. He's a weapon at this point. It might be better for your offense to start hot with a good return. We just saw how that worked for Zach Wilson against the Eagles. So give him the opportunities. I'm right there with you. Uh, Getting to the defense and the defensive line. Definitely. And this week in particular, you're getting Bryce Huff back. And I think that's going to be ginormous because the jets have desperately missed him off the other edge uh, from JFM when they get into passing downs. They, mm-hmm. they just Shaq Lawson just doesn't have the juice uh, and teams have been able to slide their lines away from Shaq Lawson and get away with it. And it's just, it's killing them. But Bryce Huff, Bryce Huff, before he went down, I thought was on his way to a 10 sack season. I mean, this guy, he was beating people quicker than I have seen some of the better defensive ends in the NFL beat people the, the last mm-hmm. handful of years. Uh, I was incredibly impressed with him and I'm really hoping that he can come back this game and be fully healthy and ready to go from a back injury. Those are never expected or good for defensive linemen. Really any football player in general, a back injury is never good, but I'm, I'm hoping that he can come back and, and be ready to go. The other guy that I'm looking at who I thought played fantastic against the New Orleans saints. And I really want to see get more snaps is Kyle Phillips. He had uh, a sack uh, on the Saints backup right tackle where he comes from outside and does a little outside in move where he sets up and then just does a little cross step with an arm over and swims right past him and swallows Taysom Hill. I thought they were going to call rough in the passer. <laughs> I, I was fully waiting for it. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, he just flattened him. Here comes the flag. Kyle Phillips just had the best pass rushing rep of the day and it's going to go away with a penalty. Here we go. Luckily, they didn't and the sack got a stand. But I want to see him I want to see him more because to be a guy that's as big as he is, that's like near and 280 to be that quick and that explosive. That's, that's a rare combination. 
Uh, it's a dangerous combination, and it's someone that I really think could have some success against this Dolphins offensive line. The Jets' D-line in general is going to be better than they were when they played this team the last time. And yes. the Dolphins' offensive line has not gotten better. The Dolphins' offensive line is still poor. So mm-hmm. you're hoping defensively, especially with their running backs being down, as we talked about earlier, that your pass rush can get home. You're hoping that this can be the big day for your pass rush like it was in Houston. And I think as we all, as we both know very well by now, when the pass rush is on, this defense is on. And when the pass rush isn't there, this defense isn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you 100 percent on that. I'm with you 100 percent on that. I um think following up off of that with regards to the pass rush getting there, I think that you have to be prepared for the quick game. Yeah. When you want to take shots, you want to go down the field, you have to make sure that you have backs and protection that you feel comfortable with. And so that's something that we could that, that the Jets defense have to be mindful of. And so you have to be you, you, you have to be disciplined in the quick game, which leads me to my next point is coverage and play action fake. The coverage on play and play action fake is going to be critical this week, especially with with Tua's ability to do the read yeah. option, pop up and then hit. Um, and then also with just doing any type of play action fake, Kaseki getting out there to the flats, things of that nature. So coverage by our linebackers and our secondary and play action fake is going to be critical. I think that the defensive line will hold their own, but then it's up to the linebackers to be able to identify, not bite too hard on the play action fight, that play action fake. And if you do bite on a play action fake, turn around, get back to your zone to where you need to get to. Um to make it a tougher throw onto Leah. So my second point is, 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 is coverage on play action fake is going to be critical. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Um, that, that is the perfect segue to my last point actually. And, and it's kind of, it's multifaceted, but I think everything all ties together with this first and foremost, you got to stay ahead of the sticks on defense. Yes. You got to try and get this team into third and long to where they're trying to be throwing downfield. And you do that by stopping the run on early downs if they're trying to run the ball with their running backs out. And if not, you're 100% right. You stop the quick game. So you got to be able to come up, make your tackles. You can't have all the missed tackles that the Jets have had recently. You can't have the the throw for two yards turn into a gain of nine because someone missed a tackle in the flat. You got to be you got to be up on these guys. So my last point, everything feeding in with what you're saying, assuming you can get into third and longs beat them at their own game and play blitz zero because mm-hmm. your corners are back. You got Brandon Eccles back. You got Michael Carter coming back this week. Bryce Hall's still there playing great. You can have Gidry now become your four. You don't have to worry about Isaiah Dunn starting on the outside. Like he did the first week you played the dolphins. If you're going to get into third and long, go cover zero and bracket Gusecki. Trust if they're going to, again, like we're talking about, when you're blitzing, if it's third and long and you got to keep a running back in in pass protection, I'll leave that running back in single coverage. Mm-hmm. I'll trust that Quincy Williams can do what he needs to do. I'm then going to put Trevor Riley and CJ Mosley bracketing Mike Gusecki. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to trust that if unless the Dolphins are going completely spread out and they're going at five wide, that they're going to keep that back in protection. And I'm going to be able to then let Quincy be the three man to kind of roam. And I'm going to be, have Gusecki bracketed trust that my three other quarters can lock down. I don't want to see the cover one. I don't want to see the, the, the fake blitz and then drop out of it, beat them at their own game. 
And this is not something that you need to do every down. This is why I think this is something you save for third and long because the Jets defense on third and long has been awful. Yeah. And it yeah. can't, it can't happen. That yeah. Like in this game, especially in every game, but especially in this game, it can't happen. If you get into third and long, you got to capitalize. You got to get off the field. And so if that means changing your strategy and beating them at their own game, calling some blitz zero, having Mosley and then Trevor Riley drop out and bracket, having Quincy Williams pick up the back, trust that someone off the edge is going to come free. I like my odds with Bryce Huff coming off the edge unblocked uh, that he can get to Tua before he gets the ball off. I, I, I'm trying to see some blitz. I, I don't want to see them just sit there and try and be passive, be aggressive. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. The thing that you have to be careful with with on with with that is that is you are wide open for screens, and they that throw, is the worry. They throw screens to they throw screens to the tight end. Um, doesn't matter what running back you have for the most part. If you even if you're on somebody's practice squad, you know how to run a screen technique. Um, I, I think that the defensive line is playing well enough that you don't necessarily have to take the risk to go with a, 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 a blitz zero. But what I do think is that you can mix up different blitzes that you can go with to get the same thing that you're, that you're talking about. You can, you know, you can bracket Kaseki, you can bracket whoever you want to bracket. My concern with the cover zero is that Talia's ability to vacate backwards by a little more time to allow his wide receivers to get open. I love that versus a, a drop back quarterback, but and I agree with you, it's not something that we need to do all the time because because no. I think that Miami would would would, would eat that alive. But yeah. you know, it comes down to you know, like you said, we got cornerbacks coming back. You want to put your trust in those guys that they can take that they can handle their own in a cover zero situation. Um, with that said, this leads to my last point from a defense. Well, my next point, second to the last point, is the running backs are out. Okay. Yes, we talked about, you know, the deal with the pass protection stuff. But if it's one thing that a running back does is he runs the ball. Exactly. You cannot allow Miami to get their run game going. If Miami is able to get their run game going, it's going to be, I think that it's going to make out for a long day for this Jets defense, because now you're talking about allowing the boots from Talia to happen, which is just basically spreading everybody out and giving the wide receivers time to get open. So make Miami one dimensional, which I think goes back into what you were saying about third and long. Let's get them into some, to some third and long situations. And, and the one way that you do that is you do not allow a team that is without their top three running backs bringing up a scout team guy, probably going to have to sign somebody else to play in this game. You cannot yeah. allow that team to run the ball on you. And it leads to my last point, which for me, this is critical. I mean, everything that we're talking about is critical, but when we talk about from a defensive standpoint, we absolutely have to tackle better. Yeah, We have to tackle better and we have to hit. There are too many times where I see a guy is wrapped up and I'm seeing somebody kind of hesitate yeah. on a guy that's wrapped up. No, if he's still up, you come full speed and you lay him out. You come hit him. You got to discourage the ball carrier for, from fighting for extra yards. And if listen, if I'm watching the Jets film and I'm a def and I'm a running back and I'm getting ready to play against them, then I'm feeling good because I know I'm saying one thing: these guys don't tackle mostly. And, and linebackers they can catch you if the situation is perfect. 
But outside of that, I'm saying to myself, I can get a lot of yak because these guys don't tackle well. And there's evidence on film that some of them don't want part of tackling. So my last point is you got to tackle and you have to hit. As long as that ball carrier is up, all hats need to be to the ball. You don't hesitate and slow down. You play through the whistle because there are too many times that I don't think that this team is playing through the whistle when you have an opportunity to take a shot on a ball carrier who's still fighting for extra yards. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the perfect end point. And I could not agree more with you. The just tackling technique has been vomit inducing at times <laughs> this year. It, it is, it is sad that a defensive coach like Robert Sala that I know at his core is about fundamentals and technique and making those be the, the things that carry you, their tackling has been so bad. And there has been so many opportunities where the play in the Saints game, I think it was Traquan Smith catches a pass down the left sideline and breaks two tackles and somehow is able to tiptoe and stay in bounds and spin and run for extra yards despite four Jets players coming at him. Yep. That's that's unacceptable. Yep. That's absolutely unacceptable. And you can't have the Jets defense making the Dolphins backup running backs look like Derrick Henry. You know, you got to make them look like the backup running backs that they are. You know, these guys are coming off the practice squad. These are guys that are going to be, like you said, potentially signed as a backup. They're going to be learning the playbook. I mean, you're not going to forget how to run the football. You're not going to forget how to run inside zone or outside zone as a running back just because you're on a new team. But mm -hmm. you're going to have to learn the protection calls. You're going to have to learn. Uh, you're going to have to learn the, the audibles. You're going to have to learn the checks. You're going to have to learn what the team likes to do. There's a bunch of things you're going to have to learn. You can't have these guys looking great because the Jets defense can't tackle. So I'm, mm -hmm. I think that is a hundred percent the point to end with the defense. You're right. I think it really is the most important thing overall. If you can't tackle, it's not going to matter. If you yeah. can't bring Sue, if you can't bring Tua down when you're pass rushing, if he's allowed to escape and, and move out of the pocket and break sacks, that's going to be a problem. If you can't tackle these running backs, it's going to be a problem. If you can't bring Gusecki down, it's going to be a problem. So yeah, tackle. I'm I'm a hundred percent. 100% with you. Lamont, let's get into our bets of the week. Uh, you had a better week than I did last week. I had two bets, technically, and neither of them hit. Um, but, you know, we're, we're coming back. We're working. Um, we are – I'm looking at it this week. This was a tough week. When I was first looking at it. I was thinking potentially taking the Dolphins at the spread. The spread is nine and a half. Uh, like I said, Dolphins are home favorites. So earlier in the week, I was leaning towards the Dolphins. I just think that they have been the better team recently. They've won five straight games, even though they are coming off a bye and they are injured that, you know, can be good or bad for a team. And then Jalen Waddle was out and that came out today and that changed things for me. That made mm -hmm. nine and a half too much. That made nine and a half, just a bit too much for me to be comfortable with. So I did a slight pivot. The, over under is set at 41. I'm going to take the under in this game. Uh, that is minus 110 right now on DraftKings, And i very much think that this is going to be a game that hits the under because I'm worried about the Jets offense, specifically their passing offense with their wide receiving core. And I'm worried about the Dolphins ability to generate offense with their running back situation and no Jalen Waddle. So I think this could be a game where teams dink and dunk down the field and you might end up having some decent statistical games, but mm -hmm. the final score might be 21, 10, or 20, you know, 17, 14, or something like that. I just can't envision a high-scoring game this weekend. I'm with you on that. And listen, we had the same coming into this game, you know, coming into the show, coming into the game. 
I had, I listen, I had the Dolphins on the spread also. But having all of those guys out, um, I still don't feel comfortable taking the Jets. Um, you know, I, I just don't. I, I don't like what I'm seeing out of Zach Wilson. There's nothing about the team that says um, the only reason you consider taking the Jets, you know, anybody would consider taking the Jets is because the Dolphins are without so many people. Without that, I don't think either one of us was giving the Jets a chance to to win. Um, I'm going to go to the bets, you know, a bet that I love making, and that's the field goal kickers. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Saunders over one and a half field goals. I think to your point, this will be a dink and dunk. It's right to to the pick that you made playing under a bunch of dinking and dunking, not anticipating a lot of touchdowns, but what I can see is a lot of field goals being made. Um, in this game. So I will take Saunders, the kicker for Miami to get over one and a half. And um, I'm going to stop right there. I almost took both kickers to get over the one and a half. Do it. Do it. I think it'll uh-huh. hit. I really do. I agree. Listen, I think it will hit also. I think it will hit. Then do all it. Also. You pushed but, me last so, week. I got to get you back now. Oh, no, you didn't. No, I didn't push you. I didn't. No, no. I said that was a great. I just thought it was a great bet. I thought it was a great bet. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Saunders. Um, I, I'm put it this way. I would go Saunders over one and a half, but then I would probably place a lower bet on the Jets kicker to get over one and a half field goals. Um, I think it can happen. My only concern is the offensibility to move the ball. Um, yeah. No, you know what? We got quarterback. Exactly. 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 I, yeah, you know what? Exactly. Give they're going to get into third kicker. and long, and then Wilson's yeah. going to throw me, an incompletion, me, and they're going to kick the field goal. Me, Take the bet. Give me both kickers to get over one and a half field goals. I don't think you can same game parlay that. I'm not for sure, but if you could no, say that's game a perfect, it. that's a perfect two out of five pick is yeah. to have one, two of them and then three other things you like. I like, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think yeah. this could definitely be the game where Michael Carter breaks off the the 35 yard rush that gets yeah. them into field goal range. And then they get a sack the next play. And now it's third and 14 and they're kicking a field goal. That's 47 yards. And I could see that happening. I could yeah. see the same thing happening in the dolphins where yeah. they get a big play to Mike Gusecki and then the offensive line doesn't hold up and the Jets D line gets a sack. I, I'm right there with you. I, I think we're in lockstep on how this game is going to go. Lamont, that's another good show from us. I'm really excited to see this game this weekend. I think it's going to be an entertaining watch. Uh, if you like defensive football, this should be a good one. Um, if you like the Jets chances, then hopefully this is the best they're going to get. Uh, all things considered. And if you like crazy things that might happen, maybe we'll just see some, some field goal kickers go for some insane numbers this weekend, but I'll be excited to watch. I know you will Lamont. Let's go ahead and give our outro call today. I am Andrew golden. You can find me at Andrew golden underscore 17 on Twitter. Lamont, go ahead and drop your stuff. Let's get out of here. I'm Lamont Jordan. You can catch me on Instagram, Lamont Jordan underscore 34. I'm also on Twitter at coach Jordan 34. And make sure you guys follow on Twitter at the Believe in Jets podcast, B-L-E-A-V in Jets. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and we will be back next week to preview the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, the Jets will not get to play them while Urban Meyer is still their coach because that is just the Jets' luck. But hopefully they'll still be able to walk away with a win. Thank you guys so much. Bye-bye.
Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.